Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers nearly a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs, which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. Hello, everybody. Um, Today is a very special episode, episode version, I don't know, of this show. Uh, Because today is, as of today, it is the start of year three of this podcast. So I'm doing this special Q&A. It's going to go live for Patreon people first. And then a couple days later, go live for everybody else. So no matter when you're listening to this, thank you so much for an already incredible two years that I in no way expected. Um, I, yeah, I You are all to thank completely, and I would not be here if it wasn't for everybody listening. Um, And I really hope our third year is even better. So I have my husband Dylan here, who also edits these episodes, not just this one, all of them. So if there's a mistake, it's his fault, not mine. I record perfectly every time. She really does. Oh, I just hit the table. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dylan Beamister for Karina's husband, editor, and uh, yeah, no, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, I brought him here because I thought it'd be easier if he asked me questions. And also someone had a question, not a question, someone asked, they wanted to hear something from his perspective. So I thought it would just be easier to bring him here with me today. You ready? There's my phone. It's got all the questions mapped out in cute little lists. Oh my God. You know what? You're just so organized. And that's what I love most about Karina is how organized she is. I don't feel like that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you hate that I'm as organized as I am. Sometimes. Okay. (laughs) Okay, go on. So let's let's kick this thing off. 
um, from the Chronic Trekkie. Mm-hmm. Cute name. What does your research process look like? So because the show is daily, it's a very weird process. So basically, throughout the year, I kind of designate, like, I'll put, like, fill a page a day with names. So these names will come from, if I'm watching a show, like a, a documentary about, or like a different, like a crime to remember. And I'm like, oh, I don't know this story. And I'll like write down the name. So I fill an entire notebook throughout the year with names. And when I get to the very end, then I pop them all in this giant master list. And then slowly throughout the year, I like look at 15 dates like a day and I pull like 15 names and then every name I'll be like, okay, here's like five or six like important dates. So it's like if someone was born, when their trial started, when the murder was like things like that, or like when an episode aired of like an important show that had to do with their case, things like that. And I kind of keep it in a master list. And so that's kind of stuff I do all throughout the year. And then pretty much the rest of the process is, is that for every story, I type the name into Google. I pull up like 10 websites or documents. Are you freaking out about the levels? Because you keep staring over there. A little bit. Finish this story, then I'll check them. Okay. I pull uh, I pull like 10 websites or documents worth of info. I'll copy and paste it all into a document. And then I will then read that very long document, which is sometimes like 30 pages long. And I'll kind of delete information that's repeated or information that I don't find important or just like fodder, general fodder. And I'll kind of keep like a pay, like a like three or five pages worth of like what I deem like important information. And then I will then write the, I'll kind of read, reread my research and then write a narrative that follows that research Every single day, I write like at least a story a day right now because my son is home because of quarantine. But when he goes back to school, that will obviously become a much bigger number. But and then I record, which usually takes like 30, 45 minutes to record like three episodes because I'm a horrible cold reader. Um, And then how long does it take you to edit each Uh, episode? For every minute of raw audio it takes me about two minutes to edit it so, so like a 30 minute episode a third yeah i mean 30 oh, sorry minute, a 15 minute episode 15 minute episodes anywhere between 30 and 35 minutes for one episode and then you'll dwindle that down to like 10 ish minutes yeah 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 so it's a complicated process <laughs> he's more pleased with the levels <laughs> yes i had to go check them all right, this is your my phone. As I like to say, I'll fix it in post. Some questions are kind of similar, so I'll see if I can think of any information to add. Ashley underscore Salazar. How did you decide to start the podcast? So I discovered podcasts like, ooh, I don't even know when. I fe- The very first podcast I ever listened to was My Favorite Murder, because I feel like that's everybody's kind of a lot of people's gateway into podcasts. Um, and I listened, I started listening to them when they were only like 20 episodes deep. So like I was, I liked it and it was, I've always liked true crime. So it was basically two 
funny and true crime. And so I liked it. So I listened to it. And then the more I listened to it, the, listened to it, the more I was like, I could do this. And so I had a friend at the time and we started a podcast that didn't go very long. I think it went like. No, you did it for a year. You did it for 13 months. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like friends do sometimes we grew apart. And so the podcast kind of fizzled out with the friendship. But I realized that I really liked doing it. And yeah, I just I was like, I think I could continue it on my own. It was a very different thing because obviously when I did it with a friend, it was very casual conversation, very like it was like there was funny moments and like we were just like I said, we just kind of talk back and forth. So obviously I don't do that when I'm by myself, but I knew it'd be great if you did. But um, so I knew I wanted to do a podcast in some way. And that's how this showed up. Excellent. Ashley Salazar also wants to know what was the case that got you into true crime? I was trying to think about that earlier because I was reading the questions. The very first case I remember was when I was a kid and I must have asked the question I guess like kids naturally ask their parents like what they're scared of. And I remember I asked my dad, I guess one time what he was scared of and he's scared of clowns. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause a kid thinks clowns are like cool and great. And so I was like, that's crazy. And I think like in that moment, he like told me about like the reason he was scared of clowns was because of John Wayne Gacy. And I was, and I don't know why he decided to say it to me that young. Cause I, he and I had been watching horror movies for a long time and at a very inappropriately young age. But like, I don't know why he decided to tell me about like a real thing, but he did. And after that, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> there are people. And then I also grew up in South Florida where like Adam Walsh was still kind of like, even though it happens way before I, before I was born, I was being raised by parents who dealt like who were around when it happened. So like, that was kind of always just like brought up sometimes. So yeah. So, but John Wayne Gacy seems to be the one that I really remember. And then I do have like a very like vivid memory of seeing John Benet Ram- Ramsey's face in tabloids, like in grocery store lines. Like, do you remember that when you have to like oh, yeah. the national Enquirer or whatever? Oh yeah. Bat boy. John, John, but, John. but she used to be on the cover all the oh, time yeah, yeah, when yeah. we were kids. So I remember that, but I remember I didn't know who she was or what happened. I just remember seeing it pictures. It was the girl in the white dress. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a pic- with the big hair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, for me personally, because you guys are here to listen to me talk about it, I don't like true crime. Not at all. I am not. Fun a fact: true- he hates it. It is my least favorite thing. I'm sorry, all of you guys. I'm glad you love it. I, it's He's just, very supportive of other people's passions. Oh, yeah. But it is not one of his. Like, when we first started dating, he would always, like... The first gift I got you. The very first gift he ever got me when we first started dating was a book about serial killers. It was, like, 501 Most Notorious Serial Killers mm-hmm. that came from Borders. Like, that just shows how long it's been since we've been dating. But mm-hmm. anyway. 12 years this year. Well, that was probably really loud. Yeah, uh-huh. good. But... He does not like it. So up until this podcast, when I wanted to watch true crime things, I kind of waited to like when I was alone, like because like he would work all day and I would be home. So like I would watch it then or I would turn it off when he came home, just not because he asked me to, but just because it was like I felt bad. But now I don't care anymore. And now he has to listen to it constantly. So we're beyond that. 755, I think, by the time this episode airs. But there are some episodes of mine where he'll go to edit them like in advance. 
And he'll be like, yeah, I got to turn it off for a while. Like this episode is not going to get edited until like the last possible minute. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever you got to do. A cat is freaking out at the door because you're in here. His cat's freaking out. Go get her. You're really delaying this process, Ariana. It's because she likes that new food that's cut with the other food. And she's like, I don't want my old food. I want the new fancy food you got me. Um, Anyway. So I'm not editing this. Oh, God, please. Oh, shoot. Please do. Some of it can't, can't stay. So KJ Hicks, what cases stayed with you the most as a parent? So, as a as a parent, like, any case that has to do with kids is obviously hard. And, like, a lot of them where it's, like, especially if it's, like, stranger stuff, it's, like, you think about it, you're like, oh, crap. Like, how did that, you know, oh, I let, you know, I let our son play in the backyard alone. And, obviously, I check on him every, like, couple minutes. And we live at the dead end of a very small neighborhood. So, like, it's not, I, we're not in the middle of a big city or anything. But, like. I think about it sometimes I'm like, I let him play in the backyard, but like some of these kids aren't even safe doing that. Yeah. So like those kind of thoughts, like intrusive thoughts like that sometimes show up. But the case that like the only like the kid off the top of my head, the only case that has like really got to me was when I did Emmett Till mm. and you had to edit out quite a bit of crying. Yeah. I think it's the only case that's ever made me cry. I've gotten choked up a couple of times. But, like, that one really got me. And I think it's just because, like, it was so senseless and dumb. And I don't know. And I also, like, felt ashamed that I didn't know as much as I should have. And it should have been taught to us in history. And so I think, as and so, like, as a parent, I was like, first of all, I feel for that mother in, like, a way I can't even imagine. And, you know, things like that. But, like, another one that really gets me, and I haven't even posted it yet. So it's a spoiler a little bit is I do the case of um, Andrea Yates, who's a woman who killed her children, and it was because she had postpartum psychosis. And so, like, that one really got me, because I was, because I did deal with postpartum depression, definitely not as severe as, like, someone like her or other women deal with. But I remember thinking, I was like, God, had I not had a strong support system, that could have happened, or, like, that could happen to anybody like any mom, any, you know, person, you yeah. know, it's, and it's so scary how like, how simple and how like one thing that changes in your life could have made it go bad so quickly. So like that one kind of got to me like about like strictly like in the talks of like being a parent, that one really got me. Yeah. So. So underscore insert Liz here underscore. Who? pause is the reason we're doing this episode she's the one that came up with the idea you're dope (laughs) what made you decide to do the show in the format of what happened on this date i thought i was trying to remember i distinctly remember us driving to destin florida i guess more than three years ago and we were discussing like we were driving through the road like driving down I was talking about Dungeons and Dragons and we'd like having conversations and whatnot. And I don't remember any of this. You, oh, you don't? No. And you were just like, I want to find something to do. Yeah. Because this is just after like you had finished your other show and everything. And you were like, I need a, ugh, I need a, sorry, I got a, a text message popped up that, no, I'm not editing this show. Yes, you are. A text message popped up talking about me having to shovel rocks 
tomorrow. Anyway, you were you're like I want like a pro like I want to work on something. I want to do a show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you love true crime because previously you had done like paranormal and true crime, but you right. wanted to focus just on true crime. And you were just like, you were looking on your phone like while we were driving for a app or something that gave you a true crime fact of the day. See, I don't and remember it, that at all. It didn't exist. And I was like, well, why don't you do that? I remember one time, I remember once I was sitting in the bath and I think like you were about to go somewhere. So you had come to me to like say something to me. Before you left and I was in the bath and I was just, I was saying something about how I needed a creative outlet because I always need something creative to do. And I felt like kind of lost in motherhood that I didn't feel like I had something that was just mine. Yeah. And so I remember thinking I needed something creative and you were like, do a true crime. Writing prompts. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, you had said something like, why don't you write or this? And I was like, oh, I don't want to write like a book or anything like I, that would be fun, but it's not really what I want to do right now. And then I remember something about true crime came up and I was like, I don't have time to delve into stories. And I, and like, I think it kind of evolved from there that it was like, okay, if I didn't have time, what could I accomplish in nap time? Cause he was still taking naps at that point. <laughs> Rest of pace naps. <laughs> um, but I think it was like, what could I accomplish in that? Like, or like he was going to like the mommy's day out thing where he yeah. was gone three days a week, three hours a day. So it's like, what can you accomplish in three hours? And I I guess it evolved from there. Or maybe that maybe it was that conversation and Destin and this one that like got combined. I don't know. But yeah. I remember thinking like those like rip off calendars where it's like, that's how it started. I had just we had just gotten an echo. Not that long ago. Yeah. And on your Echo, you can set up morning routines. And I had started a morning routine where every day it told me what happened in history that day. Like, I would be like, good morning, Echo. And it'd be like, today's weather is blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, your word of the day is, and here's what happened on this day. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they had a true crime one? And I was like, maybe that's just me that wants that. And you, and you were like, no, I think other people would like that. And I very rarely... Was right. You were. You're a good idea bouncer offer. That's I, not a real word. I'm a. But you're a good bouncer. I'm a big old brainstorm. Yeah. So, uh, also from insert Liz here, is there a type of case style that you find more interesting to cover, like cold cases versus serial killers? I know what you don't like. I know. And you do not like organized crime. I don't. I hate Mobsters it. aren't her thing. Anytime on the back end. When she'll like talk to me like while she's like recording and everything for me to like listen to, it'll she'll go for in between tracks, she'll go, mm, this one's a mobster. Fun. <laughs> and then she'll start. You couldn't tell, I feel like, because like those ones are really phoned in. I don't because it's like so and so knew so and so and so and so hated so and so. And I'm just Johnny like, it's Tulips all too much. came through the door <laughs> with his thing and And I'm just like, it's all too much for me. It's, it's just, I just, I don't know why. I wish I did. Like, I know some people, like, people love, like, the Sopranos and, like, like the Mafia. And I'm just like, I don't like it. I just don't. And I don't know why. I don't have an answer. But, man, I don't like it. As far as other things, I really like cults. But I feel like that doesn't always fit in this, in this, like, bracket of murder. Because, like, some cults are just weird and they don't do anything wrong, necessarily. I mean, they do wrong stuff, but it's they don't kill anybody. And that kind of is my major yeah. criteria. Yeah, right. Um, but I feel like 
a serial killer is kind of just like the easiest. I mean, yeah. they're they're easy, not easy, like that's the wrong word, but like there's always information on them. There's always there's always some type of like what has clicked you from just being like a normal it, it, human. It's not just like a um a rampage killing or like something. It's like there's something different going on in your brain right. to make you go. Okay, so why is it women with short brown hair? Oh, it's your mom. Or, oh, it's the right. girlfriend that did X, Y, Z. There's always, like, something to psychologically pick apart, typically I also, with a serial killer. I also do love, like, women-driven ones. And I think it's because, like, so often it's a male killer, and it makes sense, and it's always a male killer with a female victim. And that's so, like, as a female, like you're kind of raised to be scared that men are going to hurt you at some point, like emotionally or physically, (laughs) but like, but with women, it's like, there's always something like, there's a reason there's some deep reason. There's a reason she killed her husband. There's a reason she, you know, whatever. I feel like it's a little, there's always something a little more to it. Because of men. Because men are the worst. That's fair. What was the first case that got you into true crime? Or as I said, we kind of covered that one. But yeah. I really do, even now thinking about it more, I really do think it was John Wayne Casey, which I feel like is a lot of people's first one. Queers for Fears podcast. I love that name so much. That was one of the first times I ever spoke to them. I was like, the name of your podcast is Chef's so Kiss. good. So Queers for Fears podcast wants to know, what's your favorite coffee or tea to drink in the morning? Whatever coffee Dylan makes, because for some reason, even if I do it exactly the way he tell he tells me to, it's not good. And I don't know how and I don't know why it makes no sense. He was a barista for a long time. So I don't know if it's just like in my head, it's like a mental thing. Like the barista made me coffee and like, but like I could literally follow you step by step, do exactly what you do. And it still doesn't taste good. Do you do the incantation? No. Okay. We got to do that. Um, but as far as I'm not a coffee snob, like, I feel like you are like, oh, this one has this kind of note. Like, you can tell the difference between oh, coffees. Oh, yeah. But for me, they kind of all taste the same with the exception of, like, some with, like, very, like, marked differences. But, like, we've been drinking a lot of Starbucks, but that's mostly, like, Starbucks, like, bagged coffee in the house. Because the our friend who's living with us right now works at Starbucks. He brings home free bags of coffee every week. So we drink a lot of Starbucks. We drink a lot of um, Drogo coffee. Drogo coffee out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they she good. they were so nice and sent me all this coffee and tea, and it was so good. Um, I'll put a link to them in the description below. Hey Dylan, remember to do that. Um, but yeah, and then as far as tea, I'll just drink any tea. Honestly, yeah, I'm not we very love sleepy time. I do drink sleepy time tea. <laughs> me personally. Uh, black coffee is the way to my heart, but I'll, I'm not snobby about it at all. I'll drink like coffee that's been in the pot for three days, Waffle no, House yeah. coffee, great value coffee. Coffee's coffee. If I was going to Starbucks, I order an iced coffee with cream classic and cinnamon dolce. Not that anybody cares, but that is my order. <laughs> so Martin AHV, saddest story you've ever covered. I already said that, but Emmett Till, hands down. And like I said, there, I think the reason was, there were so many reasons. Whereas like a lot of other stories, it's like, oh, this is sad because of like loss of human life is always sad. But like this one had way more to it. It was like, I was sad for the mom for like having to be strong in the way she was after like 
having the most insane, horrible thing happen to her. I was sad because he was a little boy who didn't know better and just, or he did know and he didn't do anything. Like he was just being a kid. He was a victim of circumstance. And yeah. The worst part of the story for me is just that the woman who instigated everything at the end was like, I made it up. Yeah. And then that's another reason why it's sad because at the end of the day, like, and I'm sure she had stuff going on in her head where she was like, I can't come back from this mistake now. But I, I don't know. Like there's nothing there's good that came out of that story at the very end. Like there was change that needed to happen. It's just sad that like we live in a world where that change doesn't seem to in this moment be making as big of a difference as it should. So it's like, did he die for nothing? You know? So I think that kind of made it. Cause like right when I recorded it was like kind of right in the height of like everything kind of blowing up in the world. And, you know, without getting too much into it, everybody knows what's been going on. But like, so it was just a lot. I think it was like a big, big, like, weight of like telling that story. And I was so scared I wouldn't tell it right. I was so scared I wouldn't do it as due diligence. And so like, it all kind of got to me at the end where I was like, I finished it. And like, it was just sad. And it's just like I said, it's a sad story in general. Not to say it's not sadder than every other story because every other story is sad for its own reasons that one just had a lot more other stuff going on with it yeah you know genevieve rose 17 i like your name (laughs) uh are there ever days you can't find a murder knock on wood it hasn't happened yet there are definitely some days where i find cases that i'm like this is not great but i really need a day but that um, that master document I talked about earlier. Do you want to tell them how how far out you've got? I've got enough days to get me through almost to twenty twenty five. That's a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, so I've got enough to last me three more seasons, and that's not to say I'm stuck after this. It's just to say like. That's as far as I have gotten, like I've planned out thus far. Um, I'm a big planet person that plans very much ahead. I am not a last minute procrastinator. I like to do everything super in advanced. So if there are ever oddities in the show, sometimes the episode airs at 4 a.m. Central Standard Time. Sometimes I'm editing editing the show at 1 a.m. Central Standard (laughs) Times the day before it goes, the day it goes up. So he is a very big procrastinator, not to mention he has a lot of other things going on for sure. And we have a five year old in a quarantine. Then, <laughs> so, so Genevieve Rose also wants to know what gave you the idea to start the podcast. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I yeah, mean, we, we kind of kind, of, yeah. kind of covered that. And what's she wanted to know? What's your favorite murder you've covered? Ooh. So, yeah, that I don't know if I have a favorite. Trying to think, are there any that you can think of that I was like, I loved that one? Um, none, none, none stick out to me. I have a favorite, and not because it was a favorite story, but because it was the first time you complimented my writing. That, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Like over over the course of doing this, I've known you. I've known you a long time. Um, yes, we go back. Uh, <laughs> you and I. And it's it's been really neat to kind of see your journey as a writer mm-hmm. and like you're kind of like wordsmithing kind of like come along. 
the the one I'm thinking of specifically was the one with the um the bell tower shooter at the university. Mm-hmm. And like I remember I struggled with that story. Like I don't remember why I struggled. I think it was just like maybe I wasn't in the mood to write or maybe it was just like the information I was finding was sometimes I get information and like one article will say XYZ and ha- happen and then the next one will say no ABC happened and it's like well which one do I believe? So like I think it was maybe just one of those where, like, to me, I was very down about the story. And then, like, I remember he was editing it that night and I had gone to bed because that's just what usually happens is he'll edit late into the night and I go to sleep. Um, And I woke up the next morning and he was like, that was hands down the best story you've ever done so far. And I was like, wait a minute, because it's also hard because, like, I know he doesn't like editing them, not because you don't like editing, but because you don't like the subject matter. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I... I'll let it whatever. So but some, I mean, so like the fact that you were complimenting it was like, whoa, like it was like, oh man, I actually like, not that you don't compliment me because it makes it sound like I'm starved for compliments no, and I'm no, definitely no, no. not. But it's just like, it was cool because it was like, he, it must've been good if you who does not like the subject matter complimented it. So that's not necessarily my favorite story, but it's like my favorite story I've told because like the reaction to it. And then like, you and then like three other people had tweeted that it was really good. And I was like, oh, I didn't think I did that good on it. Cool. Like, <laughs> and it was the first time I was like, maybe I can do this. Like, maybe I am good at this. Cause like. That was like episode 600. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> well, cause everybody's got their self doubts and I'm yeah. always like, there's no way I'm doing well. There's no way this is going well. And right, right. so it was like the first time I was like, oh shoot, maybe this is like doing good. <laughs> Uh, and then we, we've already kind of gone over like what got you interested in true crime. Well, uh, I was going to well, say, no, that was my, I was going to say, it's not necessarily what got me into it. This is the first story I heard. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've always been into like, I've always, yeah, I've always been kind of into the macabre. I watched, I started watching horror movies when I was five, which now that I have a five-year-old seems vastly too young. Um, <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so I feel like I was kind of always into, like, spooky stuff. So, like, I guess the next, like, natural progression is to be into true crime. Yeah. And, like, because I was I was into true crime before we even met. Like, so that wasn't anything, that wasn't, like, something I got into as an adult. Yeah. It was something I was always into, just kind of really couldn't. I was like, who the heck is going to listen to that? Like, what, what, what boy is going to like a girl who likes... Murderer, so I just kind of never said anything because, but you and I also met when we were teenagers. You're weird, bro. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, no, it's like I'm weird too. So, but like, so I think I don't know. I guess it's just like the natural progression between horror and true crime, probably. Yeah, no, there there are definitely parallels, and all of I mean, I don't like true crime, but I love horror. Oh, for sure. So it's just like I like weird, eldritch, creepy shit. But can I say shit on this show? Yes, they've never heard me candidly talk. <laughs> they've always heard a very carefully curated version of me talking. Oh, don't worry. There's you cut out a lot of my cursing. There's lots of shits, dams, hells, mm-hmm. more burps than you would realize. Because you talk so much. No, and you, you take it a lot. Of air. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to defend my burps. And for our Patreon, no, the Patreon listeners hear all the fucks. Oh, I know. They hear them all. Um, Someone commented on Patreon once. It was like your poor husband. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> I, but even for Patreon, I, 
You I still edit out some. I, I edit out burps and stuff, but like like Zack Snyder has his Justice League cut. I have a burp cut. I really don't. Don't ever release that, please. <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Dylans wants to know who is your favorite husband. That's your screen name. That's my Instagram screen name. That's my screen. What is this aim? And there's a question coming up that asks how old I am. And if you are old enough, then you know how old I am by just calling that your screen name. Um, I, um, I don't know. I guess maybe my fifth husband was my favorite husband. Yeah. I'm just kidding. We've been together since Clarence we were. Is great. We've been together since we were 19. 19. Yep. So. And we'll reveal our ages later. When this thing, when the question gets there. I, say, I think it's like four now. It's the final question, so. Put a weird question to end on. I don't know why I put it in that order. Let's just say it now. All right. Hold on. So, La Erin 11. La underscore Erin 11 underscore. How old are you, XX? I am 30 as of the moment this episode comes out. But 25 days later. I will be 31, unfortunately. I thought about lying about it. <laughs> Why? I don't know. You're, you're cool, girl. <laughs> I'm 25. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm 31. I'll be 32 this year. So we're old. We're old as dirt. So, Karen Cornu, mm-hmm. what inspired you to start the podcast? I needed something creative. Like, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but like, I feel like when you're a parent or you become a mom, especially, you kind of like feel like you're kind of drowning in motherhood shit. And so like there's like moments where you're like, I need something that's for me. And for a lot of women or for some women, that's self-care for some women. That's like an exercise or going to the gym or exercise class or like reading and like doing all, like and like I kept trying to find like my thing. And I had an Etsy shop like all through like our whole marriage and before I had my son and up until recently, literally. Like um, a month ago. <laughs> um, And so like I always had something creative I was doing. So I felt like when I had my son, the creativity kind of stopped. Not because, just because like I just didn't, I didn't take the time for myself to do it. When you're a first time mom, it's hard to like be like, all right, I'm going to like take the moment to like do something for myself. You're like, wait, I have a moment of peace. Let me like watch TV and sleep. And like, which is also self-care and totally fine if that's what you're doing. But for me, it just wasn't fulfilling. And I was struggling and, you know, I was alone because you were at work. Yeah. So I was just like, I need something, but it can't be something that takes up my whole day. Like I just, it couldn't be. And so, yeah, it just seemed easy. To me, it seemed easy. We had all the equipment for the most part. We had like the like, like crappy small version of like recording stuff because you were in bands. So like we had all like some of the equipment, enough equipment to start. Yeah. We had computers and that's pretty much what you need to start a podcast. I mean, we could have recorded it with our phone. We just, you know, we just didn't, but you know, so we kind of just had stuff laying around. So I was like, well, it's a no cost way to express my creativity. And it's, it's a subject I like. It's a subject I can sure as heck talk about. Yeah. But I also was like, I don't want to be like every other true crime podcast out there. Because at this time, there was already a ton. Yeah. I mean, there's a crap ton even more now. Yeah. But there was already a ton. So I was like, what can I do that's different than everybody else's? Or at least different enough that I can kind of stand out. Yeah. And that's when Daily came up. And daily, we talked about how Daily came up. And I was like, well, I guess there's my niche. Yeah. Niche, niche, whatever. 
Karen also wants to know, how long does it take for you to complete an episode from research to posting? So I'd say from pulling research, this is not including like finding a day to match, like a, an event to match a date. This is strictly pulling research, reading it, culling through it and deleting stuff, writing the narrative, recording, posting. I would say five to six hours on my end, then like maybe another hour on your end. Yeah. Because I mean, like. And like, obviously, some stories don't take nearly as long as others. Yeah. I mean, and like on my end, I do the editing. But also, yeah, you're you're editing. Editing, scheduling, producing. And your editing also depends on how well I recorded it because sometimes I can blow through something and other days I'm just not with it. So, yeah, so I feel like five to six hours-ish an episode. Yeah. For a 15 to 10 to 15 minute episode. How do you decide, how do you decide which crime to research? So when I pull up my, like when I type up my, my list of names and I kind of throw them into Google, I kind of skim the first, like, especially if they have a Wikipedia page, bless them. Cause I'll just skim like the first paragraph that kind of gives you the synopsis of what the rest of the article is about. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I, if I'm like, okay, yes, this fits my criteria, which is my criteria is murder. I'm not like, I don't do like, I don't do things that don't involve bank robbery. Yeah. Things like that. I don't do just crime, which really pigeonhole. I pigeonholed myself a little, but it's fine. I mean, you found five years worth of content. (laughs) Um, People are terrible. I am starting to move into murder or at least attempted murder. Yeah. So hopefully it's okay with you guys. Um, And then I kind of, once I realize I'm like, okay, yes, it fits my criteria. Then I kind of scroll through that article and then like on the next like three or four articles, I'm like, okay, that's plenty of information. And if I can, if I'm like, all right, this is enough information to at least get like two ish pages of story, then that gets picked. So that's, you know, so because I have to fill days, there are obviously some stories that I don't, if I had a choice, I may not cover or to me are boring and I don't want to cover, but like I have to fill a day. But for the most part, I would say that only happens like maybe once or twice a month. Yeah. I would say the rest of them, I'm super excited to like tell the story, especially when it's one that I'm like, crap, I didn't know this one. Right. You know, because I feel like if I don't know it, then maybe there's a a handful of other people who don't know the story. Right. And does it ever depress you knowing how terrible people can be to each other? It doesn't depress me because... In order to kind of do this and read as, as much as I as much as I do, sometimes I have to look at them as a clinical, clinical fictional thing. Because if I really let myself really get into it, I would yes, I would be very depressed. But like when I do let myself get there, or like when I think about things in hindsight, like after I finish writing, where I'm like, now I can process what that episode was about. <laughs> um, yeah, it's of course like I. Anybody in, involved or that takes in this information would be a liar if they said it didn't depress them. Like, oh, yeah. It, I, you know, because even if it's the people who they can't help it or there's something wrong, you still are depressed by the fact that they felt like they had no other way out or that there was no safe haven for them. But then there's the people who do mean it and or who do know exactly what they're doing. And then it's like, crap, you know, people, people have a lot going on in their brain and it's depressing and yeah. Yeah. I, it, 
I editing your show, like I have to put on like my my clinical hat. Yeah. I was like, we're getting through this. An episode's coming up in a couple of days. I edited it today. Um, it's deals with like Vietnam and PTSD and like that one got to me because I'm just like, I just hate how like people get messed up. Yeah. And like there's and he was like went into psych wards and whatnot. And they just kind of like, yeet, bye, go, leave. Yeah. And it's just like it's depressing to know that one small thing can completely do like rearrange the course of a whole person's life. Oh yeah. And then it's like a butterfly effect of like other people. I always have to, I do, I will say, I always have to warn Dylan when I'm recording. Cause I'll talk to him while I'm recording. So he kind of knows like I'll make a mistake sometimes. I'm like, Hey, move that sentence over here. Or Hey, make sure I said that name the same way both times. Um, but like when I start an episode where I know if it involves kids, oh yeah, I give warning because I feel like anything with kids is depressing because it's like they didn't do anything wrong to anybody. Kids that they, they they're just kids don't do anything wrong to people enough for that. Like <laughs> enough. <laughs> what do kids do? That's I mean, our son's a well, bit of a smartass. Oh, one hundred. <laughs> so Beatrice. How are you able to narrow down longer stories with more detail down to such a short time? You're just, I, I'd say it's just practice now. Yeah. You're, I mean, I guess I know. And I guess I've, I like, I've read enough, learned enough and listened enough true crime that I know kind of what's important to know. And like, sometimes there are really interesting facts that I leave out and like, if I could tell everybody every single episode that if you find an episode or story come like really intriguing, please go read and do more research on it because I guarantee there are facts I left out. Yeah. You know, because I just can't fit it all in. And sometimes I find facts extremely interesting and I want to put them in so bad, but it just doesn't fit right, the, the story I'm telling or the time. Yeah, exactly. The timeline. So I have to cut it, even if it's something super interesting. Usually it's stuff that's like little asides that yeah. I have to kind of cut. So when you take away those little asides, like it gets dwindled down a lot. And then, like I said, I, I kind of have taken it all in so much that I know, you know, most most of the information I cut out is trial information. Yeah. Because while trials are interesting, really what we care about, with the exception of like big ticket, like, holy crap, that happened, is we want to know what the outcome was. You know, we don't care necessarily as much as who's, you know, who are the lawyers or, you know, what they're necessarily, like sometimes- Johnny Tulips. Well, I mean, sometimes the lawyers are famous in their own right and deserve credit, but like sometimes it's just- all right, you know, I'm sure he was important in the place he lives in, but like, it's just an extra fodder at that point or just extra information at that point. Or like, you know, or I'll leave out like what their arguments were sometimes because it's like, it's very obvious what their arguments are going to be. The facts are right there, you know, things like that. And also, like I said, what we care about is, was he guilty or not guilty? What was the, you know, what were they sentenced? Yeah. Yeah. And I also leave out a lot of times like stuff that happened to them in prison. It's like I leave out a lot of this like while he was in prison, he read 50 books and became a a great singer. And I'm like, I don't. That's interesting. With the exception of the bird guy. Well, yeah, I was say his prison time. That was what made him famous. But like with the exception of like big things, it's just like, that's interesting. 
I can't fit it in this five, you know, 10 minute episode. Yeah. So the last question we have for today from Amy J. Cunningham underscore. Just to say I love your podcasts. (laughs) I listen daily. Much love from Scotland. Scotland. My son very much so wants to go to Scotland. He, like us, is very obsessed with spooky stuff and cryptids and everything. So all he knows is... Scotland has the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. (laughs) Loch Ness Monster. Dylan, cut that out. The Loch Ness Monster. So, which there are so many other cool things about Scotland I try to tell. I'm like, dude, there's other neat things going on there. He's like, "Mm, the locks, father. The locks. Nessie's there. So, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too weird listening to me speak more, like, candidly. I hope you're not like, oh, wow, she's kind of annoying this way. Because <laughs> um, you do hear a very, you have, you hear my, like, radio voice that, like, TV and, like, radio people have. It's, like, a very different voice. It's a very different set of standards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's your, I, yeah. It's your, it's your cup voice. Huh? Your cup voice, morning cup of murder. Oh, I was like, what? I'm not going to call it your murder voice. It's That's your true. murder voice. So I hope you enjoyed this can- very candid version of me. I'm, I'm going to do it. Can I do it? Oh, wait, hold on. And remember. Wait. S- what? I wanted to do the. Oh, okay. 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 Wait, are we done? Yes. And remember, stay safe. Watch out. I always cut out her wachas. I don't wacha <laughs> at the end. Could you imagine? Oh, I, I could imagine. Wacha. <laughs>